Welcome to the Bridge Africa podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Osekisi. Every week, I'll be sharing employability and entrepreneurial tips needed to help you get the job you desire or start a business venture right after you complete your university education. I'll be introducing you to seasoned entrepreneurs and working professionals in diverse fields. We'll learn about their journeys, that is the bends, their pitfalls, their successes, and most importantly, how they overcame. Let's get it rolling. In this, we are going to have a blast. Um, we have an awesome guest here um, that eventually I'll let him uh, introduce himself a little bit, but uh, he, he's a young man and doing amazing things. And um, he currently, his name is, uh, I normally would call him Mr. Ade, right? But his full <laughs> name is Mr. Ade Benro Julu, uh, right? Am I correct? Okay. Yeah, very correct. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I'm good. like, I'm almost there. He's an amazing <laughs> brother. And um, he is vice president of one of the prestigious banks in the world. It's a bank I've always admired is Goldman Sachs. Uh, if not one of the most prestigious banks, it probably is the most prestigious, prestigious bank in the world, right? In terms of all the area of services that they offer. Uh, I don't know too much about that industry, but I can see them in Citibank, you know, rubbing, you know, shoulder to shoulder in terms of the services they offer. And the good thing is that our brother actually came from an African origin, just like all of us. And uh, today you're going to profile uh, you know, financial services, and he has been very gracious enough with his time uh, to share with us. So, uh, I think you're welcome. Yep, thank you very much, Isaac. Um, really happy to be um, part of this. And yeah, like like you said, um, definitely been in the US for a while, joined financial services, and you know, we're learning, growing. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's fun and it's hard. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, 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 awesome. So actually, uh, this this whole the purpose of this this show or the purpose of this episode is actually to help our brothers and sisters back home or our brothers and sisters who even may be may even be in the diaspora who is who may be stuck in what they are doing in terms of career, you know, or business, whatever it is, and may have lost hope in terms of direction. What do they do? We want to just show them the possibilities that yes. There are people from our background who are breaking through what we call the proverbial glass ceiling. And uh, what an amazing testimony to have you uh, on the show. So we're just going to start with this. So, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your title is Vice President of uh, Liquidity and Funding Risk. These are big English items. Man. So <laughs> what, 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 do they, what does it mean? You know, basically, all those big terms, what do they mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm happy to, you know, shed some light on it. Although I should say, I, I don't know that I have broken the glass ceiling yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely, you know, knocking on it and, you know, hoping, um, okay. someday, you know, that, that, that real break will come. Um, but awesome. yeah, definitely, you know, as, as much as we keep pushing against, you know, whatever glass ceilings exist, hopefully we can definitely break through, hopefully shatter it, you know, um, yes eventually and you know to your point in terms of um hopes for you know the africans out there 
I definitely think there are lots and lots and lots of opportunities. Um, we just need to see it. And, exactly. And some people say, hey, sometimes, you know, if you can't dream it, you can't leave it, right? So the first exactly. thing is, do you see it? Is it is it in your line of vision, right? Do you can even imagine it happening, right? If you can't imagine it happening, there's, there's no way it's uh, going to come to reality. So um, exactly. yeah, things are very possible. And then you know, be, before I keep talking about that, let me <laughs> then talk about um, liquidity. Let's talk about liquidity. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've I've been in the liquidity risk space for a little bit, and. Um, okay. Liquidity risk and, you know, say funding risk, you know, um, quite, you know, depends. You could uh, sort of use it interchangeably, but uh, funding sort of complements liquidity. And the way that I would look at liquidity risk um, is basically saying what could go wrong from a liquidity perspective for a firm, especially a financial institution. Okay. One of the, you know, um, major things that the financial institution, especially the relatively bigger ones, would do is to sort of promote liquidity within the market, right? It's one of the things that, you know, they, they sort of provide to the market. And um, okay. as you know, with any financial institution, especially a bank, the whole idea is, you know, you take deposits, right? Especially commercial banks, right? You take deposits, you know, we have like 10 people, who have maybe 100 CDs, 100 Naira, $100, you know, whatever, you know, you, you choose to deposit, you know, right. you deposit this at the bank. Okay. The function of the bank is to then basically create magic out of it, which is okay. money you've provided to me, I can then lend to people, okay. right? There are different people who have different business ideas, different people who, you know, want to do interesting things, different people, some people want to take a mortgage, some people want to buy cars, but, you yeah. know, you, you, you have, you take loans for different reasons. So let's assume that we have the 10 people who have deposited um, $100 each, right? With that the makes it a thousand. Makes it a thousand, right? Um, okay. For the business, the bank to be profitable, it then has to lend the cash that it has to some other customers, right? Okay. And like we said, we have a pool of about a thousand dollars, right? Question is, should I lend out all of the one thousand mm dollars -hmm. to people who need the money? Okay. Remember that my business is to lend money, right? And basically, yeah. what I do as a bank is, let's say I've, I, I you you bring your deposit to me, I pay you one percent. You know, I'm just making this up. And yeah. then the person who comes and wants to take a loan, I charge them 3%. So basically- yeah, That's typical, typical of American. Africa, yeah. we are higher. <laughs> well, I would say it's typical <laughs> of banks when we go to work. <laughs> right? I like the 1% bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in this part of the world, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we look at it, but- uh... <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so as, as a financial institution, well, if you choose to charge 20% or, you know, 10% or 2%, well, of course, up to you, right? But the whole yeah. idea is that the end difference, which some people refer to as a spread, right? That difference okay. between what I pay to my depositors 
and what I charge to okay. those that I provide That's them. Right. That's that that okay. difference, right? Is basically right. what I earn. That's the profit. But yes. note that mm -hmm. for a bank, they have a lot of expenses, right? You yes. have to pay staff, and that's usually one of the key expenses. It's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So this because you guys are not cheap. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you guys are not cheap at all. <laughs> it's it, those things are not cheap, right? So all, yeah. all of these staff, they have expenses, they have families to take care of. There's, there's all kinds of things. So you can imagine to pay all of these people, it it, it gets expensive very quickly, right? And then you have other expenses. Let's assume, you know, for for the sake of argument, that you know you're basically just renting a, a small, um, even a kiosk to do this business. Right. You have to pay for rent. You have to pay for you know, all of the utilities, all of those things. Yes. Right? The money for all of those come from that spread. Okay. Right. Okay. Because that's that's yeah. the only way you are able to cover your expenses. It's However, true. what what you need to realize is. I have collected a hundred thousand dollars of deposits. The more I lend out, the more I'm able to earn profits, right? Yes. But there, there's there's a catch. I have to be careful not to lend out all of the one thousand. Mm -hmm. The reason is the depositors, especially if these are like depositors, can come and ask for their money at any point in time. It's true. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes. as a bank. And you know you can imagine this that you have some money in a bank and then you go to the bank and you say hey you slot in your atm card and uh you want to withdraw your money and they say sorry we don't have any funds what, oh, what man, i close my account yeah <laughs> so, i so, close my account quick and move so, to the that's, exactly and but, but the interesting thing is not only will you close your account you probably will call your friends that yes. have accounts with the same with the same bank and say hey I experienced this issue with the bank. You have better go and check if <laughs> the money is okay, right? And then your friends get there and they're like, oh, I'm experiencing the same issue. Maybe there's a third friend that says, oh, luckily I was able to get my own cash. Then yeah. the news spreads and everyone is like, oh, let's draw our cash before ours, sorry, becomes like Isaac who couldn't get his own yeah. funds. And yeah. basically there's a run on the bank. The bank will, will collapse. And so all of a sudden, remember that I had a thousand dollars of deposits. I had lent out, let's say for the sake of this example, I had lent out 900. I kept only 100 to meet mm -hmm. the demand of the depositors if they come, if they put in their ATM cards. But the demand for today actually is $150. So it is more than I have reserved, right? Mm. Unfortunately, because of the bank run, which you've just described, right, where all of the friends and everybody's now trying to pull their cash, all of a sudden, the cash that you need is no longer 150. The cash you need can move as to as much as $800 because now all of the 10 depositors might want to pull their cash. Oh, wow. And remember, you have lent the money to others. <laughs> so you are in a fix of trying to then find cash to pay those, right, who are asking yes. for that money right now. And in fact, that is the easiest way for a bank to go bankrupt and the end of the game. That's the end of a bank. Wow. Wow. So, so that, that basically means that you are in a very critical function of the bank. I, I, I would say that. So yes, liquidity yes. risk is 
very um, huge, serious, very seriously looked upon because, um, you know, some people liken it to, you know, because there, there are different areas of risk, right? Some okay. will say there's, uh, there's, there's, there's credit risk, there's market risk. Okay. Credit risk is just saying, hey, what are the chances that the people that I lent my money to will not pay me back? Okay, back. Right? Okay. The truth is very likely you might not have everyone decide not to pay you back. Maybe three out of the maybe 10 or how many people that you lend money might not pay back. Maybe not everyone. And it may not even happen at, at the same time. And it may not be okay. the case that they are not going to pay everything. They might pay a part of it, right? Mm. So credit risk will say, you know, it's at the bank little by little. Okay. Market risk is slightly different. Market risk is saying, hey, what if the bank decided instead of lending all of the cash, it decided, oh, let's also invest in something. Let's invest in, you know, equity, say shares of, you know, some of the businesses so that we can also use that to make a little bit of money, right? We see that the cash is not just lying there, not doing anything. Remember, we have expenses, yes. to pay, right? Market yes. risk is then saying, what happens if unfortunately those investments go bad? Mm. right okay then you are short and remember you still have to pay those guys that one thousand dollars plus the interest right so okay. you're not being able to make up whatever you owe them just because your investments went bad or wherever it is that you put your money in is more like market risk right okay okay you have other other areas of risk you know operational risk and all of those things but this like credit risk market risk um liquidity risk are some of like the 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 major pillars of risk, if, if you will. Um, and so, again, you would see that market risk, credit risk will eat at you slowly. Your investment is not just going to go bad the same day, you know, and all of your investments. It's just like saying, you know, it, it, unless, you know, somebody is out for you or God himself is out for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything will probably not go bad at once. But at the same time, yeah. At the, that, at the same time, right? So, so, however, where liquidity risk is different is that it can very quickly spiral out of control. Like you see, and like we've, we've, we've noted, just because one person had an issue drawing their funds and very quickly how things can spread. And you can imagine social media now, I don't have to see oh, you. Yes. Right? I can literally tweet or put something on social media and say, hey, I got to this bank and see what happened. And before you know yeah. what, in, you know, you have, you know, queues at the banks, people want to draw that cash and that can have serious implications. So wow. because of that, you know, liquidity risk um, is relatively um, very sensitive. I, I could imagine, I could imagine. And I, I talking about that, I could even see the point where banks are investing in technology to kind of listen in on social media conversations. Well, so, so, I, I, I wouldn't say they're listening in, but of course they will pay attention, right? Yes. What's happening? So if I am reading an article and I hear that, you know, maybe another bank is having issues, I will try to be mindful. I want yes. to, if, if I'm the bank who has taken $1,000 of deposits, then I start to tell myself, oh, if we had given out 800 and we kept only 200, can we put another, you know, $50 or another $100 just in case the same thing that's happened to Bank A happens to Okay. Okay. So constantly walking that thin line between 
how much should I lend out? How much should I invest? Versus how much should I hold back as cash wow. so that I can pay my depositors? It's that that's that's basically you're managing liquidity risk. Okay, that that is awesome. That is awesome. That that is super. So um, my my next question is going to be, um, so from what you're doing, what kind of skill set is needed to be able to do the kind of thing that you do? Yep, I would say, of course, the basic finance <laughs> skills are very, very okay, right? Because yeah. we haven't, you know, we, we've basically only talked about a very simple example, right? Yes. In, you know, just over the last few minutes. And you see, mm -hmm. we've talked about what? We've talked about deposits. We've talked about loans. We've talked about mm -hmm. interest. We've talked about spreads. We've talked about yes. credit risk. We've talked about market risk. Like, we're, we're already talking about some of these terms who, right. who the layperson may not make as much sense. Be familiar with. Right? Yes. So you want yes. to make sure that you have the basic finance knowledge. Okay. You want to have a background in finance, that can be very, very helpful. Um, of course, you know, I, again, I'm on the risk side, right? I usually like to see risk as, you know, modeling up finance and a little bit of math, right? Okay. And the reason is you are trying to ask yourself, what is the chance that this can happen? Oh, okay, I understand the finance bit of it. But then you're then trying to ask yourself, what is the chance that someone is going to draw more? What is the chance that this is going to happen? Then you start talking about probabilities. Probabilities, yeah. are, you know, basically math related. So it's, it's yeah. the risk is more of, you know, your finance background or, you know, whatever, or, or, or depending on the type of risk that you're focusing on. But I would say okay. and math will be um, super helpful in, in right. this kind of um, right. question. Yeah, right. So, so you'd say it's a combination of um, basic business knowledge, some kind of math and um, what do you call it, statistical modeling and statistical and probability modeling. Right? I, I would say yes. Um, it's, it okay. can get very complicated. It can get very simple. <laughs> and um, we, we like the simple stuff. <laughs> and, and it sort of depends, right? And, and you know, there are different people. That does not mean that someone who is not a, a statistics guru cannot work in that field. It does not mean okay. that, um, you know, someone who is a programmer cannot work in that field. You have okay. all kinds of people who come together to try to make it work, okay. right? So you can imagine that, you know, someone is trying to understand the relationship between the depositors and interest rates, right? Maybe that person needs to have a good finance background. Maybe somebody is okay. trying to understand, oh, the guys that I gave my loan to, I think uh, I gave cash to as loan. Um, are they going to pay me back? That person maybe right. just has to have a good knowledge of how um, the the depending on the kind of loan, if it's a car loan, uh, of how things are. If it's a mortgage, what are the markets looking like? Somebody has to have knowledge of what's happening there, right? Then there's then somebody who's putting everything together and saying, "Oh, okay, the deposit person has told me this. The loan person has told me this." Now, with all of this, then let's bring in the probability that all of these things happen. So it's, it's a wide spectrum, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm, not, I'm trying to not say, hey, you must have this specific kind of skill. All these. Yes, exactly. so it's, it's a mix, right? In general, people tend to think, oh, you must learn this and you must be able to, you know, um, you know bring 
uh, heavens down for you to yes. be in these areas? <laughs> Maybe not necessarily. Okay. Of course, That's you need to have, comforting to hear. Yeah, of course, you need to have the basic understanding of this. And I would say two things: ability to okay. learn quickly and curiosity. Uh -huh. That's that's very, amazing. Very that's amazing. We're, 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 going, we're going to come there very quickly. But yeah. let's just do a little bit segue. So one of the questions I wanted to ask was going to be looking at a company like Goldman Sachs. For me, it's like, wow. You know, it's like, how, how do even Africans get into that kind of organization? <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like you're looking at <laughs> trying to uh, get an elephant through a needle hole, right? That's how most <laughs> Most, most, most of us have been conditioned to think that it's almost impossible to be working in these kinds of giant enterprises. Yeah. So we are, going to, we are going to come to the journey that led you there. But before then, let's look at, let's take your story, your journey. I, I, I know that you originally were you know, born and raised in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, can you just quickly share a little bit of a story? Yeah, the one that you can remember. I know you've been in America for a long time, so you're... You've been Americanized. So, <laughs> so, so share a little bit about how you grew up or, or you know, what, what your journey was like from Nigeria up to where you are. The reason why that is important is that there will be other people. You're talking about millions of young people all over who may probably may have been uh, in a similar situation that you were, but they haven't even ever even heard of Goldman Sachs. Let alone to think that it's possible to work there. That is, it, I mean, I, I believe when they see uh, where you have come from, you're not born in America, you are not, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you didn't start in Goodman. Yeah. I think that is going to strike a chord. So a little bit of background story that, you know, you, you, you want to share, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely. Um... So in terms of background, I would say, of course, I was born and bred in Nigeria. I spent, <laughs> yes, I, I spent um, most of my time in Lagos, you know, and one of the suburbs in Lagos. And um, of course, you know, like you said, I was, you know, just like almost the, the average kid um, yeah. <laughs> back then. And of course, you know, so many things shape you. Yes. To become, you know, who you are or that bring you to whatever uh, um, situation or position that you find yourself today. Mm -hmm. um, I would say sometimes, and maybe this is for parents in general, I don't know if I'll yes. have the opportunity to say this, but you know. <laughs> say it. The, the schools are very important, okay. right? I would say right from the elementary school, the primary school, as we call it, right? Yes. Because to be honest, sometimes when I think back and I'm like, okay, what's the one thing that has been, you know, constant, one factor in terms of, you know, um, my schooling all through that I feel has been very, very helpful. I still think mm. if I think back, my primary school is it. Wow. How, why is that? Because from the foundation, I think even the Bible says, it says, if the foundation be destroyed, it says, what can the righteous do? Right? Yeah. So right from the elementary school, primary school, right? You are taught to be inquisitive. 
you're taught to want to find out the connections. We did quantitative reasoning. We did verbal reasoning. You're trying to look at, you know, different shapes. You're trying to look at different numbers. You're trying to look at how the dots connect. You're basically, it's, it's sort of a test of intelligence, right? How, how much you want to solve this problem, right? And, yes. you know, I, I feel like how well, you know, the teachers taught us to think about trying to solve these problems was very helpful. And then, you know, that inquisitive spirit, the fact that okay. they, they made me competitive. You know, I, I, I was in a class then, and, you know, some of these things now might be considered a little bit, um, you know, extra. But then mm -hmm. my, 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 my primary six teacher had um, a system where okay. we were constantly competing. And so in class, you had to sit the closest to him to almost the farthest to him. So you had to oh. sit, I wouldn't say the farthest, but, you know, basically from left to right of the class. Okay. Right? Okay. And so those on the left, depending on how you performed on the test mm -hmm. the previous week, it will determine how you are going to sit the next week. <laughs> right? So basically... If anyone came into the class on Monday and saw you sitting there, they knew, oh my God, he did, he must have done very that well. Right? <laughs> and then you constantly saw that we were competing within ourselves to see who was okay. going to sit on that side. So if you okay. saw your, your close friend who is sitting two rows to your left, you probably knew, oh, he did very well. Ah, next week, well. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm the one who does better and I'm going to be the one that's sitting on that side. I'm going to on show that. So that so, competitive, so, wow, wow, so those kind of competitive spirits, um, mm. I think really helped. It went with me all through to you know, secondary school and yes. of course university. University. Of course, you you you, have, you get to learn more as you progress, mm. but I feel like that spirit, that that competitiveness, is built when you are young, and okay. sometimes it stays with you. And it yeah. can be a determining factor, you know, um, on several occasions. So mm -hmm. enough, enough of the, the primary school, but I just thought, you know, to, wow. <laughs> to highlight that. <laughs> so, yeah, so primary school was great for me. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to, you know, parents, teachers, all of those who, you know, sort of contributed. Um, I went to a public school for secondary school. Um, mm -hmm. That was also good. Um, and, um, you know, it, again, it was not the best by any means, but, you know, I had a decent education there. You know, I, I agree that I had a decent education. Then I went on to university again, which yes. was a public school. And um, again, wow. <laughs> again, <laughs> education was great. You know, um, looking back, and then having experienced the uh, the American way of uh, yes. you know, the high institution and learning, yes, there's a lot that can be done differently, and you know that's that's a separate conversation. A separate, yeah, yeah, that, that's a separate conversation. But you know, yeah, so I I definitely had um, college uh, in a public school, okay. university, like we like to call it, and yes. you know, I I studied computer science and economics oh wow and wow. Um, you know that's a good combination it is a good combination but i think i studied it because i felt it sounded fancy 
Um, <laughs> but, so it, it was good. You know, it sounded fancy. I liked, I yeah. liked it. You liked it? Yeah. Um, however, I think that I tended more towards the economics side okay. than the computing side. Okay. At least that's one of the things that I learned, you know, going through the process. And, um, you know, while this was happening, and it, this is where sometimes also the college that you um, go to get, gets interesting. Of course, I met a right. couple of people, right? Some of them, you know, um, interesting, wonderful people. And some of them have founded some of the big businesses that you see around today. Wow. You know, yeah, like, you know, some of the, the tech, um, tech companies. The, Tech companies that are in Nigeria today, some of them, you know, are founders um, for this. Some of them are That's amazing. Yeah. So, in fact, while like, I, yeah, yeah, Nigeria has some unicorns now. Unicorns are companies that are valued a billion dollars and that, you know. Oh yes. Paystar, so, Flutterways, and all those kind of exactly. Jobberman. Yeah. Some of the, the guys who started Jobberman were my literally my classmates. We sat next to each other, right? Wow. So, so you, 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 you then meet lots of people who have different interests, right? Yeah. So again, while these guys, some reason, you know, had that vision, knew what they wanted to do. We also had people in the same class who had no idea what was going on in the world, right? Normal. But yeah. So you have the broad spectrum <laughs> of people, right? Yeah. And so, and while I, I, I believe I sort of was in between, but luckily for me, with my father being uh, more on the finance side, okay. of course, then I had that push, which was, okay, you know, you're doing computer science and economics. Economics look, you know, like that. In fact, you have much better grades on the economic side than the computing side of things. And he's like, okay, why don't you consider taking some of the finance exams? Okay. You know? And he suggested it, and you know, of course, I brushed it aside for for a couple of years. I think <laughs> <laughs> after some years, then I decided, okay, okay, what's the worst that can happen? You know, yeah, you'll probably fail this exam, and you, you already know I didn't want to take it anyway. So <laughs> let's let's try it, and yeah. you know, that's how I took the first finance exam. It's an accounting exam. So it's the chartered accountant's exam. We okay. refer okay. to it as ICANN, you know, in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, it's your chartered accountant in Nigeria, right? Yeah, this is your chartered accountant in Nigeria. Uh -huh. And, you know, I also remember that quite luckily, I also met a very good friend. He's my best friend today. And um, okay. he, funny enough, his father had been pushing him about the same thing, although we were both studying computer science. Right. Oh wow! And so, again, another interesting point is you know having people with like minds, people who are willing to push yeah. you, people uh, yeah. who you share passion, right? So with him, it brought an interesting twist to it. So it was like let's let's just see, let's just try it out. And so we took a walk to the building where you know we had these tuition centers, just mm -hmm. both of us. We strolled there and then we spoke to the guys there, and they said, hey, it's interesting. You guys can come join. It's not. Uh, very expensive, you can join, you can start next week, and we're like, oh, interesting. And you know, and that's how it started. And while I was taking the, the classes, I was thinking, okay, I don't know if I want to take the exam yet, but let's just even see where it takes me. And then in the first registration of the exam, I remember having to leave Lagos to go spend time with 
my friend um, to okay. prepare, you know, though because I said, okay, I was going to write it. I think because my school was not in Lagos, it was outside of Lagos, so I think I registered okay. closer there. And so I remember leaving home and, you know, I, I told my mom at the time that, you know, let me go and just fail this exam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not even going to pass this exam, right? I just want to go and fail it and come back home, right? Right. And to be honest with you, that was it. I ended up passing the exam, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I passed the first one, which, you know, again, talks about the, the foundational business issues, economy, yes. um, uh, I think it's um, contract law and a couple of other things. So I passed that. Yes. And there are a couple of hoops that you have to go through. But then, you know, I started writing the different stages of the exams, passing, of course, you know, I failed once or twice. But mm. lo and behold, as at the time that I was graduating university, I was also sort of qualifying. Um, I passed all of the qualifying exams. Oh, so, so, so you were doing them side by side. So exactly. That's, so I was not, that's that. not an easy, easy thing. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest of things. But like I said, yeah. you know, having the right crowd, someone, a friend who we could fail and still, still be enthusiastic yeah. about it. Oh, we could fail okay. together and laugh about it. How can you be so stupid? You fail this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this simple course. And, you know, we, we would joke about it, right? It, it right. made it a lot easier, right? And then, of course, the encouragement from home, you know. Yeah. Like parents, from home. Yeah. So, so those are some of the things that help. I do acknowledge the fact that not everybody has that kind of background, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because one thing that I, I didn't tell you is that, you know, I, I, I had them, I, I did engineering in third degree in Ghana. Uh, we call it, now they call it construction technology or something like that. Yeah. We call it build, building technology most times. And after yeah. that, well, I went to UK and I, and I did something similar. I did the ACC and it was very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm curiously listening. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you you yes. you've got a brother in that line. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Yes, I, I'm sure you know wow. those exams are not the easiest, but you know with a bit of perseverance, right? Not yes. easy, a bit of perseverance. Exactly. Maybe you're able to to um, scale the different hoops. And again, the 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 kind of friends you meet, I've always yeah. felt from a very young age, I've had this analogy that um, in my head that you know. The people you work with mm -hmm. determine to a large extent how far you go. Yes, I've okay. always likened it to if you're a group of friends, think of it like if you have four or five friends, think of it like all five of you have a, a rope tied around you and you're dragging yourselves in different directions. Right? <laughs> so if among you is someone who's a progressive, someone who thinks right, who you know, who's willing to put in the work, someone who's willing to, to he's a go-getter. He'll probably drag you, all of you, toward in that line. In that line. However, if you also have someone within the group who does not want to do anything, who always just wants to go have fun, he's also going to drag all of you <laughs> to your life. So, <laughs> so no, that group of friends that you have, I think is very, very critical. Right. It is. It and is. It absolutely. I said, is. Oh yeah. It is. Like I said, you know, it's it's 
how I got to meet some people who are founders of some of the technology companies or like the unicorn sites. Wow, that, that, I'm not surprised about that. Yeah. I'm not surprised it's, about that. Exactly. That's the same way I met a friend who was interested in accounting and we ended up taking this together. So I feel that's very important. But you know, so, to, so you've, you know, been, you've yeah. been impacted by good companies. I would say very much so. Very much mm -hmm. so. Because mm -hmm. you see, I just remember there's even this uh, scripture verse that says that uh, the companion of the wise shall be wise, but the companion of the fool shall Ooh. be destroyed. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you get a, yes, and, and I, I heard it somewhere that you are the average of the five people. That's five people that, yeah, that, that you move with or you're closest to. So yeah, that's very powerful. What you're saying is very, very powerful. Yeah. So, so that's why I have been very, very careful. And I know myself. I'm probably one of those who can be easily influenced, right? Yes. You need to know yourself, right? Yes. So I, I'm very protective of those who I make my friends because that's the, yes. that's, that's the way that I can protect myself. Right, I, I don't. I don't want to. I. I. I do not need an inflated sense of self. I. I, I know that you know this is my weakness, so I have to protect myself against it. Exactly. So. So for me, having you know good company was definitely very very helpful, right? Mm. And so of course you know myself and my friend. By the time you know we were done and ready to get into the work, um, the workforce. Of course, we had the degrees in computer science, in economics. We also, you know, basically had passed the qualifying exams for accounting. So we had like a brother, you know, set to choose from. Yeah. Right? And, you know, of course, um, when it was then time, I joined Deloitte, actually. And although okay. I, would, I joined Deloitte with the intent of, um, becoming an IT auditor because I felt like I did a bit of computer. Yeah, that's science. a good synergy. Yeah, so yeah, so why not? Like I was looking out for that role, but you know, they said no, we don't have an opening on that team. However, okay. there's an opening on the um they called it the IFRS team, which was a new team. Okay. International Financial Reporting Standards. Exactly. So we had the National um, Accounting Standards Board we were trying to migrate from the local accounting standards into the international one. Yes. And that team was just being created. And okay. for me, so this, this period is, a, this is a period where you do a one-year national um, youth service uh, okay. training and, um, or, you know, services, it's what it's called. So I decided, okay, yeah, if, if that's what's available, you know, a role in this team, I also have an accounting background, yes. right? You can definitely try it, yes. right? And um, that was it. That's how I started. And I realized I loved it. And we <laughs> started to grow within that team. You know, I ended up, you know, helping to train lots of companies within Nigeria, right? You know, I even remember, actually even, I think I was in Ghana, um, wants okay. to train to to train a set of folks. Um, I, okay. I, I train people on international financial reporting standards. Wow, right? that is um, that is awesome. I've, yeah, so it's it's it, in fact it, it's I, I cannot say you know the, that. that open to me just because of that step. Again, right? Yeah. My dad encouraged me. My friend was helpful, and then a little bit of perseverance and willingness to just fail. 
right? Basically steered me in that particular direction. And that was, you know, basically how I moved to the world of finance. Wow. I think your dad was a very visionary person. Or he, well, I, I will give him the credit. Yeah, he could see what you couldn't see. Yes, and um, you know, of course, people say, "Hey, you should leave your children to decide um, what they want to do." But yeah. I think, from my personal experience, I think that hey, the parents know what's going to happen further down the road than yourself. Yes. He's traveled that, that distance before. Exactly. So, so he, he can tell you what, so he, he can foresee, you know, what could potentially happen. Of course, yeah. it doesn't mean he's 100% right, but no. there's a big chance that he might be able to guide you. I think just, maybe I'm just making a case for parents in mm. general, helping mm. to get the younger ones, right? The younger ones generally feel, oh, no, leave me. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, it's my generation. I, you don't know what's happening now. <laughs> But the truth is, they've been there. Yes. They've seen these things, right? And maybe they can help. Maybe not necessarily, necessarily coerce you into doing this, but maybe yeah. they can help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes to the parents, because you've lived with them for a long time, good parents are able to observe their kids and yes. begin to put pattern around their lives that, look, this, this child is very artistic. So naturally, I would want to support this, 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 this area. Sometimes exactly. they see you, they, you, you wouldn't know it, but they know that you're very, very analytical in your thinking, you're very good in math, you're very, very detail-oriented. It's very, very easy for the dad to push you in that area because he knows the character yes, traits exactly. of people who be good at Exactly. Yeah. So, right. so, so how did you end up uh, in, in, the, in the United States? So, well, um, I had been doing a lot of um, the trainings, you know, luckily mm -hmm. for me, I think at the time I was one of the best in the things that, that what I was doing. Mm. And, you know, I, I will credit this to someone who said something interesting to me at the point. Mm. And this was a training that I got at Deloitte um, okay. as a partner now. And he said something. He says, if you want to be the best in your field, mm. you should study an hour every day wow. for five years. Hmm. Right, and wow. he said for him, he said for him, he felt five years was too long. <laughs> and so he he wanted, yeah, so he wanted to shorten it basically, right? <laughs> so he doubled it to two hours every day. Wow! And he said, truth is, three years down the line, he could see the results. Wow. Right, and this is a guy who became a partner at a very young age at the point. Right, so of course I have every I had every reason to. Yeah, the proof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Believe him, and you know, lo and behold, I tended to follow his advice. Um, I struggled between one hour and two hours daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> given the work, is better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I tried and I believe, you know, as at the time that I left, um, I was, you know, one of those who I would consider a specialist, you know, in what I was doing. And at the time I felt like, okay, I'm a specialist here, even, you know, within the firm, Deloitte at the time, I'm a specialist, you know, um, I want to learn more, mm -hmm. right? I want to learn more. I don't want to be the local champion. Yes. And so, 
first of all, I, you know, started looking out for other exams, you know, developmental programs that I could enroll in. Um, some of them the CFA, some of them, yes. that's the, the Chartered Financial Analyst uh, program. That's yeah. also a tough one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Then you have the, the FRM, which is the Financial Risk Manager. Okay. Definitely a couple of them. And then, you know, okay. there's, um, I also took, I think during that period, I took the diploma in IFRS, that's an ACCA okay. thing as well. So wow. all of these things, I kept doing these things basically to see, okay, I don't want to remain stagnant. I might be good mm -hmm. to be, um, but what happens tomorrow? What happens five years from now? And, you know, I think it's a very good point to also talk about someone who influenced me positively. Mm -hmm. um Christian Akewe, and okay. he was a good friend to my dad, right? Okay. And I think maybe one of those times when I was being, you know, just unnecessarily stubborn, and my dad didn't know how else to convince me, he just said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to set up time with you and him. You just go and meet him and just talk to him. That's it. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, just thank, God. thank God for good parents. Yes. And, you know, and then when I spoke to him, he told me about how, why we want to have a great time now. Why don't I discount the present good time and see if I can have a great time, a much better time in the future? future. Yeah. I remember him telling me, hey, if you let's say yeah, you want to have a good time now, you're what you're you're in the university, you want to have a good time. What are you gonna do, you know, with your friends? You guys go to the E3, you get some snacks, um, you know, you get a couple of drinks, and then oh, you say, Oh god, I had a good time. I went out with my friends or maybe with my girlfriend or whatever. Like, yeah. and he's like, Okay, but you can save that time now and invest that time mm. such that it compounds and later in the future. In fact, your idea of fun will change. Your idea of fun, and I remember him telling me then that your idea of fun could be, oh, I think it was South Africa that was going to host the World Cup at the time. And he was like, your idea of fun could be that, well, maybe I want to go to South Africa to watch a match. Exactly. My friend. And buy a ticket and go. And buy a ticket and go. And he's like, see, all of a sudden, the idea of the, the scale of fun has changed. Just because you decided to delay that gratification at that gratification. That and, you know, he, he, he then explained to me about the concept of competing for the future. Mm. And he said to me, hey, there are some places now where there is food, you know, just using food for, for lack of a better word now, where the resources are. That's the hub of all of the activities, right? But there are some places those places that are the hub may not necessarily be the hubs tomorrow or next year. So why don't you start to think of it? Like, why, why are some people are already at the forefront? It's like you're trying to take food, right? And someone is in front of the pot and there's a queue, right? The person who has the pot in front of him is most advantageous. Yeah. But you must remember that that person thought about it in advance Right, and maybe before, yeah, that's why he has the advantage of being right in front of the pot right. now. Exactly. And he said, Why don't you think of where the pot will likely be tomorrow and start mm -hmm. moving in that direction? <laughs> right? So he explained to me, and he basically called it competing for the future. You're not just competing for now, you must start to compete for the future, right? Wow. And 
you know, when he spoke about those things, it, you know, those things kept, you know, reverberating in, in my mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, as I continue to work with Deloitte, putting together some of these good things that people have deposited in me, have told me about, yeah. I kept telling myself, okay, I'm a specialist in this now, but I want to get better. How do I set myself off to, to, to compete for the future? Not just yeah. now, right? I'm a local champion now, but... <laughs> How long is that going to continue, right? Exactly. And, you know, that's why I, I again, continued to um, enroll in developmental programs. Of course, some of them are expensive, you know, not, nothing yeah. good. <laughs> nothing good comes in. Exactly. So, of course, I would have to sacrifice, um, you know, make sure that I pay because some of these programs are in dollars, right? And you can imagine. Yeah. thousands of dollars. Exactly. Right. So, you know, of course... I would have to save to make sure I could enroll in these programs, but I felt they were beneficial. And then at some point I decided, okay, you know, now I think I need to actually go into that market. What's the most advanced market, financial markets in the world? And I thought London, New York, yeah. why not be there? Why not learn directly from the best? Yeah. Right? And of course, I started to think of this over and over and over again. And then I decided, okay, and of course, for my findings, and I think, you know, maybe this would be helpful um, for, for a couple of others who have been asking. Some people reach out to me on LinkedIn as well, and they're asking okay. me, well, how did you do this? And, you know, but I think for me, when I reset, I felt, okay, one of the ways of getting yourself abroad is to study, right? Yeah. Um, a master's is easier, more, more cheaper than a bachelor's degree, um, so I decided, okay, at least this is going to be two years as opposed to if I have to spend four years, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, it doesn't come cheap. And so that is where things like scholarships come in. And a lot of these colleges offer scholarships. But the truth wow. is, you do not know. Again, <laughs> if, if you don't even envision it, you cannot leave it. You can exactly. Right, so you, you you have to be able to envision it, and sometimes you must be willing to take risks. Right, yeah. I remember, you know, um, I I applied for of course a couple of programs. I didn't even know how I was going to come up with the fees for the first semester. But you applied anyway. I applied anyway. I just told myself, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do, and the one thing I kept doing was I kept I told myself I'm going to save enough to at least pay for the first semester. After that, I don't then know what is going to happen. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember telling myself, one, try and save for just the first semester. There's no way, there was no way my, my pay would have been able to take care of the second semester, even if I was saving everything as I was earning. Right? So I told myself, okay, save for the first semester, right? Get yourself there. By the time your father realizes, hey, my son is there, he's stranded. He will find a way. I don't He'll find know. a way. <laughs> you know, they, they, they have to go and do something, right? Yeah. But the first thing is show them that you are willing. Exactly. Say, let them know that, okay, you have this much, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I started applying. And, you know, luckily, um, I was accepted to a couple of programs. And, you know, I didn't even know about the scholarships as much. 
Okay. It's interesting that it was on one of the conversations where they decided to have an interview with me. Okay, the school, right? Yes, the school. Okay. And they felt, okay, you know, you're a potential candidate, you know, you have decent work experience. And I would say, you know, this is also good for those who intend to then go for maybe a master's. Get yes. work experience under your belt. It helps okay. you put things in context. You wow. know, when some of these things that have been spoken about, we've done a lot of theoretical learning in our undergraduate days, right? Mm -hmm. So when you then have spent a few years in that field, two, three years, right? And then you go for a master's. When when your professor, the teacher is talking about certain things, it puts things in context because you're like, oh, okay, this is what... I understand. This, yeah, this is how it makes sense, right? This is how it yeah. works, right? So they decided to, to interview me for that role, you know, um, sorry for digressing a little bit, um, for, okay. for the opening. And then I decided, okay, um, oh, they decided to, you know, give me the opening. But somewhere in the interview, you know, the, the lady who was interviewing me said, and by the way, would you be interested in a scholarship? Oh, my goodness. That and was good news. Can you imagine that? I'm sure, like, do you, are you even joking? <laughs> Are you <laughs> <laughs> music to my ears? <laughs> of course. I, I am definitely interested, right? And that was it. And I sent her an email just as a formal application for, for the scholarship. And, you know, lo, lo and behold, in a couple of weeks, she came back and said, I'd gotten a scholarship. Wow. An interesting amount. It was not a full scholarship, but it was going to take care of close to 50%. That was good. So, again, it just shows how if you cannot envision it, if you will not even take the first step. That is a thing. Sometimes it's just show up. Just show up. Exactly. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Sometimes just show up. Right? Oh, and, and so... Of course, I was lucky. I would say it's the grace of God, you know, in that. We, we, we make our own luck in this world. With the <laughs> grace of God, of course. That's, that's, yeah. We make our own luck. Yeah, so, so, so that happened, luckily. And then, of course, you can imagine, if I had fees for just one semester, all of a sudden, that has covered two semesters now. Right? <laughs> 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 now I have to start worrying, you know, about the third and the fourth semester. And I'm like, okay, at least... Yeah, at okay. least you know this. This is okay. You know, I'll I'll find my way around, yeah. right? So again, that was basically um, how how it happened, and a lot of institutions out there are willing to take students. They want to take students. In fact, they have funds that are allocated. They have budgets for scholarship for people okay. who are willing to take them. But if you do not take the first step, if you're not sure, like you say, then unfortunately that door will remain closed. At least. Wow! You. And and this is this is a this is a very good school you went to, right? Is it is it University of Connecticut or? It is the University of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And they, very they very good school. Was very good to me. <laughs> I would say that wow. again. And so. Wow. wow. So, so you ended up doing an MBA, right? I did a master's degree. So it was a master's degree in financial risk management. Okay. Again, because I was more okay. finance-oriented, I thought that the MBA was okay. more generalistic. And again, yes. I wanted to be a specialist, right? 
So I decided, yes, the master is in financial risk management will be really helpful for me. And um, that's how I got it. Of course, I applied to like a couple of other programs, but some were very expensive. Um, <laughs> some are just very competitive. And so this one, and you can imagine, I initially thought it was relatively cheaper. And then, of course, then you give me the scholarship. Like it. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, <Sweet deal. laughs> so, so that's how I found myself um, in the US. So it's a very wow answer wow. to your question, but uh, <laughs> this, this is a good story. This is a good story. So, so now the ultimate question is: Then, from after graduating from the the program in Connecticut, uh, the the masters in. Uh, uh, Financial risk management. Uh, what what journey? I mean, from there to Goldman Sachs. Can you fill in the blanks? How did you move from there to now Goldman Sachs? Because I'm very interested in that Goldman Sachs story. Because for me, most people think that journey is impossible. I mean, it's like where, how? You know, it's it's, it's yeah. tough. So let's let's go through that transition. Yeah. yeah, and see how I, their story gets. Yeah, I would say that, you know, Goldman Sachs is doing a very good job trying to reach out to colleges now. We're talking about now, just before I answer your question, they're doing a very decent job of, you know, okay. trying to reach out to colleges. I think in the past, people have thought that, you know, to work in Goldman Sachs, you have to be a Harvard graduate or, you know, you yes. graduate from Wharton or any of the top schools. But... Goldman Sachs, I believe, is doing a very good job of, you know, trying to reach out to schools, to other schools, right, um, to see how they can even diversify their talent base. Because, in fact, from their perspective, that is good. they would rather have, you know, if you have a room of five people, like, why have five Harvards in there? If it's you true. have it's true. people with different perspectives, right? Yeah. So, so I think... Goldman Sachs is doing an intentional job, and you know I, I think that's that's great. Um, I think a couple of financial institutions are also are also doing this. Um, but in terms of my own experience, I would say that you know for me it was networking. And uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, and and one thing I should say is <laughs> a lot of these programs, the graduate programs, invest a lot in networking for the students um maybe it's something that i feel you know the, the african institutions can take a cue from but they actively have a career services team that basically would review your resumes for you help you correct things you know who would invite you to networking events where you have institutions that are present and you have people from some of these institutions who are you know um, willing to speak to you. So you have those opportunities to okay. all of these things. So those things broaden your mind. Those things help you see how you could be relevant, you know, in the industry. Okay. And, you know, basically right. and on one of those um, networking events, I met someone, right, okay. who was willing to just come talk at the University of Connecticut. And, um, you know, he he spoke, he eventually became like an adjunct professor, right, with the school. Okay. And while I met him, I of course I you know tried to keep 
um, you know, the, the networking open. And of course, you don't want to just go yeah. to these people and say, hey, I need a job. Give me a job. No, it doesn't work that No. Right? <laughs> no. You have to build a relationship. You first. have to build a relationship. And that's very, yeah. very important. You know, um, and I think at some point where me and you were talking, we, we talked about how yes. in our part of the world, people say, hey, if you do not know someone, you cannot get this role. If you don't know this, you can't get this role. And, you know, the, 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 the way that I look at that is, wow, you cannot fix the whole country or the whole continent, right? At least you can fix your own life, right? Yeah. And maybe in the future, find a way to be part of the solution, but at least fix your own path first, right? And, and yeah. one of the ways is, instead of looking at the, the whole, oh, I need to have a connection, I need to know somebody, instead of looking at it as a barrier, why don't you look at it as a means, as a door that just needs to be open? So it's not a complete stop. It's basically something that you have to navigate Right and say, okay, I don't know anyone, but how do I meet the right people? And then you have things like even LinkedIn now, right, that are very helpful. Yeah, you meet people, and you know, I still see people who reach out to me and they just say, hey, I want to work at Goldman Sachs. What should I do? I'm like, okay, I don't even oh. know you. I don't know you, right? <laughs> and, and and at the same time, you have people who start with hello, like you know. I see your profile, it's interesting, I just want to connect. Yeah. So it's it, you, yeah. you, you have to start a bit subtle, right? And do that connection. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, even if I decided, oh, there's an opening and I think this person might be good for it. What's happening is I'm putting my reputation on the line by saying on the line, yeah. this person is good, right? And yes. it, 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 there's only so much of that um, <laughs> social capital that I have. Available, yes. Yes, so I don't want to just, I don't want to use it up and you yeah. know have the people not show up or have the people not um, you know meet whatever standards that they, they should have met, right? Yeah. So, at the end of the yes. day, if I had referred just anyone and then the person shows up for the interview and the person is not, can't even answer the basic questions, then After or the person joins the firm and the person that is destroy that's, that's not good. Because next time when yeah, I, I have to say, me. exactly, if, if I say, oh, I have this other person, they're probably going to look at me like, okay, the last mm. person you brought. Mm -hmm. We've seen this before. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've, we've had this great play out before too. <laughs> Right. So, so, so while you want to network, you also have to be careful. You don't just go and say, hey, give me a job. You have to build a relationship. The person has to know you. It's a gradual thing. But yeah. networking is very important. Right. Um, like, like, you know, like, you know, if you had a problem with your car today, right, and yeah. you had a friend who maybe just um, visited Ghana and says, oh, I have a problem as well um, with my car. Well, you had someone who has been fixing your car for you and you needed to call someone. Yes. Who would you recommend? Of course, it is someone... I'll call the guy who... Yes. Exactly. Someone who is... I'll call my guy. Exactly. And, and that's how exactly. it is. When people say, oh, you need to know somebody, of course you need to know somebody. 
right? The thing is, how do you start to cultivate that relationship with the right set of people, right? Right. So I would think of it as looking at it as, you know, basically um, a path that needs to be navigated and navigated right, as opposed to just a barrier. And I think there, there are ways on that. You know, there, there are lots of trainings, teachings out there on how to how to effectively network. But you know, to to go to my um, the specific question, in terms of probably go to Goldman. Yeah, Goldman. Um, again, it was during a networking session. I met um, the, the, the 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 individual who helped, and you know, eventually, like I said, he became an adjunct professor. So I I maintained that communication, and then of course he he realized like you know right. this guy's really good. In the classes that you know he was taking, he okay. saw that you know, okay, I was outstanding, you know, and then he felt, okay, yeah. um, if you think at some point you need, um, you know, to speak to someone, I'm happy to help, right? And that's wow. basically what happened. And you know, this this is I, I I'm going to take this opportunity to also speak to some of us. From the you know, with African background or from the African background, who think how can I compete? Because I'll be honest with you, I had peers as well going into yeah, yeah. You, you think yeah. oh God, there's the Chinese who the stereotype is they're so very good at mm. math and programming, mathematics. Exactly. <laughs> you have the the Indians. You have you know all kinds of people who the Vietnamese. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, this these guys, the, the, the general view is these guys are very smart. And you are wondering, I graduated from a public school here. How on earth am I yes, going to in Nigeria? <laughs> right. <laughs> so the truth limiting is limiting belief. <laughs> exactly. You you can manufacture as many limiting beliefs or you know as as you want. But again, to the point that you 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 noted earlier, just show up. Sure. You you can have so many things in your mind constantly telling you why you shouldn't, but just try and show up, right? So you can imagine that in that class, same class that had all kinds of people from all over the world, right? Of course, the Chinese, the Indian, all kinds of people all over the world. The professor then singles me out and say, "You are outstanding," right? And then you know, so. Again, I'm just using that to sort of encourage others who might see it exactly. as who have those as fears, saying, "Go and try. Hmm. Trust, uh, trust, trust your knowledge, trust your background. Exactly. Right? They, they, they have their own backgrounds that might be very strong in math or very strong in programming, very strong in whatever. But you also have your background, right? That somehow." Mm -hmm. Will it is you, you it's original to... you and might be the edge that you need. Exactly. Your right? poverty background might be what what that robe even may need, that perspective. You know, could come out to be to very helpful for you, right? So for me, um I, I was lucky things got, you know, things went um really well. I in fact I became a teaching assistant, you know, in in the program as well. And you know, I think it was in the course of all of this that you know the professor felt, hey, okay, you know, I'm I'm happy to you know talk to you. We can talk about you know what your interests are later on. And to be honest, I I had other people reach out to me 
In fact, I had an there was an old man then. In fact, <laughs> this is a very humbling experience. Who who reached out? So someone referred me to basically this is um, the person who was in charge of career services at the point. Basically, told me that he had someone come to him and say he wanted someone with a strong finance background and who is a bit of an all-rounder, who was good with, you know, managing different things. And he said my name was the first thing that came, you know, to his mind. This is a white guy who, who, who basically said this. And, you know, I took a trip. I had to go visit. Um, we, we, we met at a neutral place. This man was an old man who had started a business from scratch, of course, a millionaire by all means, and he just wanted someone who had a good, strong finance background to help run some parts of his business, right? Mm. At, at the time, well, of course, I already started talking to Goldman Sachs, right? Goldman, yes. While that was very a very interesting proposition for me, I had to think about the fact that, okay, you came here for a reason. <laughs> well, this is interesting, you know, you, you cannot stray, you know, from, yeah. from what the goal was. But again, that, that's how networking helps. I never saw that opportunity, wow. but someone basically just referred me. And, you know, those kind of referrals came over and over, right? So again, I think that this is where the Bible too says, it says, if you're diligent, right? It says, have you seen a man who is diligent in his work, right? It okay. says, you know, you will, you, 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 you go with kings. Exactly, right? So again, have faith, show up, be diligent in what you do. And I would say, be hungry for success, right? Don't be hungry for it. And, you know, make, be, be willing to make things happen. You know, I'm, I'm one of those who are suckers for those motivational quotes, right? And, you know, I, I remember having a quote that would be in front of my desk that says, just make something happen. You know, just, <laughs> just, just make something happen. Right? Exactly. So don't, don't just be a spectator. Don't just comment. Don't just say, oh, I would let this person do it and then I would comment. No, sometimes you go ahead and make something happen. Right? Exactly. So, again, those, those are just, you know, um, pep talks that, you know, pop to my mind. Oh, I <laughs> to answer your question. Powerful. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm just trying to unpack all this in my mind. I wish, I wish I, when I was growing up, I heard somebody say what you have just said in the past week. I think we've probably done a little <laughs> over an hour. Uh, yeah. I wish I had somebody like this in my life. I think my whole, my life would have taken a whole different trajectory. Yeah, but you know, it would all thank God you're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, you know, hopefully, this is so good, man. It, it will be helpful. This is so good. This is so powerful. Like, you know, you, you said said profound things that I just want to recap. Profound things like be careful about the company that you keep, it's yeah. crucial. Be careful. The thing you said about your primary school shaping who you are now was very very powerful point in the sense that we should not discount our upbringing because there are certain things certain traits that 
happen in our background, yeah. that could potentially be the, the key thing that unleashes our destiny. Very powerful. Uh, the other one is this thing about continuous learning that you, you said is of the chat that the, the counsel that you had from your family friend about studying or reading one hour a day uh, and, and, and if you want to shorten the cycle, yeah. double, the, double the hours. You see all these nuggets, right? And the fact that you stayed on course and as you did, doors opened for you and all you did was continually showing up. You just showing up. And as you show up, good things begin to happen for those who show up. Exactly. It's not in the Bible, but that's the way. Good. <laughs> Yes. This is happening for those who after right? Oh yes, I, I absolutely and, agree. Well, exactly, exactly. And at least work prepared. <laughs> you know. Yes, yes, yes. You're so prepared, you know. So so you realize that things were piling on top of each other and the fact that you know the the final piece that's even counts or is there networking and bringing value to the relationship yeah. before you take. I did an episode a couple of weeks ago about, uh, you know, for people who, whatever you want to get from people, what you need to do to get is, first of all, you give. <laughs> that's how relationships are. You, you give the value and you, that's what you did with yeah. the professor. Oh, yes. And, and, the, and the door opened for you. Absolutely. Man, you are a blessing. <laughs> you are you are an absolute blessing, and we we couldn't have had uh, anybody talk about this than than you are. We are we are so grateful. We are so grateful. Any I normally don't do this, but I just feel that you know, any last thoughts that you have because I just feel that it's be more in the just uh, any last thoughts and then you know we, we call it a day. If there are no no because I know you're busy. You're a busy man. So yeah uh, yeah I. I... <laughs> Well, there's so many things running through my mind, but um, so many. Yeah, I would say sometimes have faith. That's right. Sometimes have faith. You know, there's a quote that says, "What if I fall?" Right. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. it says, "My dear, what if you fly?" Right. Huh. So you you it's it's easy to again make up so many reasons why you shouldn't try, why you should not dream, why this is you know going to be a stumbling block. But again, like we have said, sure, sure, prepared. We just might fly. That's right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And. And, and my brother, you are even about to fly higher. I, I have no <laughs> doubt about it. And, uh, I think I should watch out for, for this money. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and the insights you shared. They have been an absolute amazing blessing. If there's any other adjective, I will just <laughs> add it to it. It's been phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, and, and we, you know, we, 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 are, we are forever grateful. For this. Thank you yeah. so much. It's, it's, it's a we'll, pleasure. We'll, we'll, we'll come again. Okay. All right. Thanks very much, Isaac. <laughs> and we'll be able to help. Thanks. Right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you loved it, please take a minute to leave a great review. It would mean the world to me. And finally, if you love what you just heard, 
Can you kindly share with your friends and family? And I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And let's catch up on the next episode. Thanks and bye.